to get involved with one of our winter classes or groups. We have so many classes to offer. Uh, for example, Financial Peace University, uh, Alpha, if you're new in your relationship with Christ. We have a marriage ministry classes available, uh, kids ministry. There is a way for you to get involved if you would like to. And one of the greatest ways for you to learn more about that is our winter rally, which is coming up this Wednesday night. We're going to gather for a really great time of worship and then uh, kind of share some snacks together and learn some more about all the classes that we have to offer. So you're going to want to come check that out. If your kids are here with you today, you're going to want to go get them checked into Kids Zone. It's the best hour of a kids' week, and we've got amazing volunteers that are excited to teach your kids about Jesus. So head on out and get them checked in. Now, if you have not met your section leader, right now is a great time for you to connect with them. They want to help you get connected uh, to First Church and to everyone else around you. Uh, so make sure that you connect with your, your section leader today. Thanks for joining us on the 10 before. We'll see you next time. Good morning. Well, did you hear? It's a new year. So uh, we're excited about what, uh, what God has in store for us in 2016, uh, First Church. Uh, we'd like to welcome uh, you uh, to our service today. Uh, if you're with us for the first time, welcome to First Church. We have uh, what we call section leaders. They are people with little lanyards on. You'll notice them. They hang out in the back of the room, uh, kind of hover around. At the end of the service, there's some coffee carts. And if you wouldn't mind uh, stopping by there, uh, they've got a little connection card. We'd love to know about you be a great kind of your first kind of time here to kind of let us know a little bit about you. We've got a gift we'd like to give you, but just want to say a good hearty uh, welcome in the new year if you're with us uh, for the first time. also want to welcome all of our folks that are joining us by internet. As you know, uh, we just started broadcasting on internet campus uh, at this during this service, so I'd like to welcome everybody that's here uh, by internet uh, uh, with us in this service. Uh, as you came in, you got this little packet of information. Uh, we do this at the first of the month. Uh, to let you know about all the big stuff going on in the life of the church, this is a great resource to take home with you. There's an insert or a calendar kind of thing. You can put it on your refrigerator. Uh, and a big, real important thing that's happening this Wednesday night, we're starting a, a new series today called Downpour. And there's a card in your, in your worship folder that will be hard for me to get out because I have things in my hand. Uh, but the card uh, is just an invitation to a winter rally. Uh, it's the first time I've ever done that, but we're going to have a great night of worship uh, and then also kind of highlight, as you saw in the time before, highlight some of the, the great classes. And it'll be a great opportunity for you to sign up for a class. Our, our, our kind of vision here at First Church is to worship, grow, and serve. And so we want to make sure you're worshiping. We're going to have this great series. But also, where's a place here you can grow in your faith? And there's a lot of great classes that are getting started up in the new year. Find one where you can get involved. Glad you're here. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, good things going on. I'm going to uh, introduce some uh, other things a little later in the service. Why don't you stand and why don't you greet folks around you. We're glad that you're here today. Welcome to First Church. Well, Happy New Year! My name is Dan, and besides doing some of the music here, I also head up the young adult community. So if you're in or near your 20s, find me afterward. I'd love to tell you what we've got going on. But we, uh, as David mentioned, we're starting this series called Downpour, where we're looking at what it means to have a life of worship. And so uh, in our services together, we're going to be looking at different ways to worship. And uh, the most natural one that we we tend to do when we gather together is sing together. We sing our worship to God. And uh, if you grew up in the church, God, we're going we're gonna to go old school with one of the readings from the Church of God hymnal. And so this is a way we can, uh, we can just be praying the same thing together. So I'm going to pray. Uh, we're all going to pray this, uh, this opening prayer together. The first slide we'll do all together. I'll read the next two slides and then we'll close reading together the last slide. So let's read this prayer together. Eternal God, from whom streams every impulse that is beautiful and true, help us in this time of worship to take grateful inventory of what sustains us, the friendships, the shared goals, 
the intimate labors that lace life with meaning. And I'll read this. We thank you for music and for everything that elevates our spirits above the smoggy confusion of our time and gives us hope. We remind, remind us that to every gift is attached a responsibility, to every privilege an obligation. Therefore, make it our purpose, as it is yours throughout the universe, to bring creativity rather than chaos, harmony rather than discord, talent and appreciation rather than cynicism or apathy. Let's read this together. Arrange our sympathies into your symphony, O Lord, in whom we trust and in whose grace we are never confounded. Amen. You are holy, great and mighty, the moon and the stars declare who you are. I'm so unworthy, but still you love me forever. My heart will sing of how great you are. Falling from the clouds, a strange and lovely sound. I hear it in the thunder and the rain. It's ringing in the skies like cannons in the night, and the music of the universe plays. Singing, You are holy, great and mighty. The moon and the stars declare who you are. I'm so unworthy, but still you love me forever. My heart will sing of how great you are. Beautiful and free, the song of galaxies is reaching far beyond the Milky Way. Let's join in with the sound. Come on, let's sing it loud as the music of the universe plays. Singing, you are holy, great and mighty. The moon and the stars declare who you are. I'm so unworthy, but still you love me forever. My heart will sing of how all glory, all glory, honor, power is yours. Amen. All glory, honor, power is yours. Amen. All glory, honor, power is yours forever. Amen. You are holy. You are holy, great and mighty, the moon and the stars. Declare who you are. I'm so unworthy, but still you love me forever. My heart will sing of how great you are. You are holy, great and mighty. The moon and the stars declare who you are. I'm so unworthy, but still you love me forever. My heart will sing of how great you are. It's a new year. 
right now, why don't we just think back on the last year and think of one thing that you can thank God for. Maybe just close your eyes for one minute. One thing you're grateful for. Maybe it's a new job or a new relationship. Maybe it's that you're still here. <laughs> what are you thankful for? gratitude in our hearts. Let's sing these words to God. Let's start this year off by putting him at the center of our lives. You're the center of the universe. You're the center of the universe. Everything was made in you. Jesus, breath of every living thing. Everything was made for you. You hold everything together. You hold everything together. Oh Christ, oh Christ. Be the center of our lives. Be the place we fix our eyes. Be the center of our lives. You're the center of the universe. Everything was made in you. Jesus, breath of every living thing, everyone was made for you. You hold everything together, you hold everything together. Let's sing together. Oh, Christ, be the center of our lives. Be the place we fix our eyes. Be the center of our lives. Oh, Christ, oh, Christ. The center of our lives be the place we fix our eyes, be the center of our lives. We lift our eyes to heaven, we lift our eyes to heaven, we wrap our lift our eyes. We lift our eyes to heaven. We wrap our lives around your life. We lift our eyes to heaven, to you. Oh, center of our lives be the place we fix our eyes be the center of our lives oh Christ oh 
Christ be the center of our lives, be the place we fix our eyes, be the center of our lives. One last time, just the voices. Oh, Christ, be the center of our lives. Be the place we fix our eyes. Be the center of our lives. God, that is our prayer that you would be at the center of our lives. We thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Together we say, amen. You can have a seat. Well, we want to uh, invite our ushers to come forward to, to wait on us. Uh, if Hopefully you've been praying for our, uh, our youth group. They, uh, a number of them are actually uh, in Haiti, uh, where they've been at the House of Blessing. It's a ministry that we support down in Haiti. Uh, children's home down there and they're doing some work our young people down there so uh, they'll be coming back this week so make sure you're praying for them also to let you know as we think about our offering and some of the great things that we, you do to help support uh, great things around the world uh, we have another team that leaves actually tomorrow to go to India where they will be helping to build and to expand a girls home uh, in Katak, India. And so I'll make sure that you're praying for, uh, for that team as they go down as well. But your giving helps to support really cool stuff uh, like the House of Blessing and like this uh, girl's home in, 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 uh, in India. So thank you, First Church. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can give in this offering, uh, obviously, today. Uh, also, online, you can get, uh, there's an app that we have. We've talked about this the last few weeks, but my, if you look in the app store, My First Church, and put spaces between those words, uh, there's actually an app. You can use that to give as well. So there's a lot of great, uh, simple ways to give. Let's uh, just thank God for what he's doing in our midst. God, thank you for this offering. Pray you'd use it. God, it's, it's fun and exciting to think about the way that you're uh, using the, the resources that we pool together through an offering like this to do great things around our world in, in Haiti, and we have a group of young people that are down there representing us and loving on kids and, and, and loving you, uh, and, and also in India as we send a team over there uh, tomorrow. Pray, God, that you just do some great things. Protect both of these groups of folks that are there uh, doing ministry, loving on people in your name. And, God, thank you for the resources that we're able to give uh, that make things like that possible, make things like what we do today possible, make other ministries in our community possible. Thank you, God. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we uh, take up our, our morning offering, I um, uh, just want to uh, uh, introduce to you our speaker today. Actually, I don't know if you heard, but... Uh, my favorite team, the Packers, is playing today, and I had actually, for Christmas, had gotten, t somebody had given me, I didn't know this, had given me, just like the day after, or right around Christmas time, had given me uh, tickets to the Packer-Viking game, which was to be at 1 o'clock today. Um, and so I had uh, scheduled for us to have a, a guest speaker uh, here uh, because I was going to be at the Packer-Viking game. Well, then, because, of course, the whole nation realizes the most important thing happening uh, besides what we're doing right here in this uh, room over the next few minutes, but later on today, the most important thing happening uh, that needs to be televised is the Packer-Viking game. So they moved that game to tonight so it could be on TV so that all of you could watch it together. Uh, all of us could watch it together. Uh, and you could see me in my uh, Green Bay Packer cheese head that I'll have on uh, in just a little while when I drive over to Green Bay, uh, Wisconsin. But uh, that it gives me the opportunity to be here today. Let me introduce today to uh, our, our guest speaker. Um, Kristen, she's been here before. Uh, most of the time when she's been here before, I've been gone. Um, but I get to be here today, so it's a, just a double blessing for me to have the opportunity. Kristen uh, was a... Uh, we met her, uh, we were thinking about it like 20 years ago now. She was a teenager in our youth group. Uh, she hated youth group. <laughs> she never came. Uh, but uh, she was running away from God. And, uh, but she, uh, we just kind of adopted her as, uh, as uh, just another member of our family. And she babysat the boys. And we just loved on her. And, and it's really cool to see how God was just pursuing her. And after running and running and running uh, for years, and I'm glad I didn't derive my self-worth about being a youth pastor from 
what I felt like I was doing in her life because it was like nothing at the time, uh, kind of felt like. But then God just got a hold of her in this awesome way. And her and her husband, Dave, uh, joined us on staff uh, when we were in Middletown. Uh, and God's just been doing some amazing things in them. They've served at the vineyard. Now God has transitioned them. Uh, to a, a ministry they're helping out with in the Cincinnati area called Hose House. It meets at an old uh, fire station. They do really inner city ministry kind of work there, uh, very similar to what's going on uh, in uh, our campus over at Benton Heights. A lot of great things that they're doing there. Uh, and so I just want to make you aware of a couple things before Kristen comes up. Uh, one, she's spoken to us about this topic, if you recall, a few years ago uh, on Bigger. Uh, and that actually is now in, uh, she's uh, wrote a book and kind of expanded that, and it's uh, now in print. Uh, and she has some of those out in the lobby today, so if you want to pick one of these up. Um, and so she uses some of the stories uh, from when she was here before, and it's, they're in this book. So you can check that out and pick up a co- your own copy today. Uh, also, the Hose House, as I said, that inner city missional community ministry that they are a part of, uh, their 10-year-old daughter, um, are they, oh, the kids are here. So, so Addie and Ella, they are here with their, their children are here, and Ella makes these little bracelets herself, uh, and elicits her sister on occasion as well um, to make these, and they sell these to raise funds for the hose house or for that inner city ministry, so uh, Ella will be there at the, there's a table out in the lobby, so she'll be there as well, uh, and even guys can wear these. This looks surprisingly good on me. I'm going to put it on and model it for you. See? Isn't that cool? Um, but let me invite Kristen to come up, and I'm going to pray for her, and we're excited. I'm excited personally to be able to be in the room, to be able to hear what God has to share through her. God, thank you for Kristen, for Dave, for Ed, Ella and Addie. Thank you for their family, God, and what they mean to us. God, thank you that you uh, just kept pursuing and kept pursuing, and just the awesome surrender that I see in, and we've seen in Kristen's life and what you're doing through her. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, you would speak through her today. Uh, God, Uh, I know that you have a word for us today. Uh, We look forward to what you're going to do as we kick off this new series, Downpour. And what uh, we're going to do is we just pursue you. And we're excited about this first installment uh, over the next few weeks of what you're going to do. Just pour your spirit out on our church. Uh, We look forward to what is going to happen and even what's going to start today. Thank you, Father. Bless Kristen. Use her to speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Adeline wants to know what illicit means. So uh, if you want to tell her that, David, Ella, uh, she trusts you more than she trusts last service because she wouldn't leave her bracelets last service. She thought someone was going to make away with them. Uh, So she's here now, and they're out there. Uh, We've had so much fun on this new page that we are as a family. It hasn't been easy. It's been extremely difficult. We've had a year of transitioning, a year of trying to figure out what God was doing and where he was going and how he was ever going to part the waters to get us uh, to where he said he was going to get us. But we're starting to uh, get our feet grounded. We're starting to see some of the things that are going to come in the future. And as a family, it's been uh, the hardest year of our lives, but the year that I am most thankful for. Um, He's had us outside of the box. He's had us completely depending on him. He put us in a... um, old firehouse with no power, no electric, no nothing. Uh, We actually borrowed the electric from the brothel next door, Um, and which works out really well when on Friday night we amp up the worship music and all the electric goes out because we blow a fuse and we have to go knock on the door and ask them for more. Uh, And then we have become great friends with the homeless shelter next door and have been able to baptize some of them, my kids, got baptized this year in the hose house along with a couple of our uh, homeless friends that we have been talking to about Jesus. And it's been a crazy year, uh, to say the least, but one of the most adventurous and exciting ones yet. Uh, Christmas at uh, the Dooley House in Ohio. I don't know what it was like here, but uh, it was not white and beautiful. It downpoured for about three days more rain than I've ever seen in all of my life. Like, not just like a little bit either, like a lot. Like, I'm like, stay in my pajamas for three days type of rain. Uh, Addie got a little car, like a little race car for Christmas, and 
She got to drive it on Christmas Day, but starting the day after was when all the rain came in, and literally she had some dirty clothes next to the door and some old shoes because it was just so muddy outside that it was crazy. And every time the rain would stop for just a second, I would see her fly down the stairs, quick change into all of her clothes, and head outside, and she'd just go around the turnaround. If she could only get five times in, that was enough, but just try to make the most of her present, and then the rain would start, and she'd pull it into the garage, come back inside, and just be angry again, like... It's raining again, Mom. And I texted Crystal about uh, midway through the rain, and I said, do you think that it's funny that you're getting ready to start a series called Downpour, and it has downpoured for three days? And uh, so I sat out in, like, the little area of my dining room, and you can see out the windows. That way I didn't have to go outside while Adeline drove in circles. And I was watching her, and as she came in, I remember thinking, like, what have I always thought of when I thought of worship as a downpour? And to be really honest with you, I always thought it looked just like this. Like we would just go out in the rain and frolic around. And then as I'm sitting there watching the downpour, no part of me wants to go outside and dance in it. And then I started thinking a little bit more about it, and I started thinking, well, when, when do we ever try to walk in the rain? I am thankful that I'm the female in the relationship because that means when it's pouring rain, Dave has to pour up his, pull up as close to the building as possible and I can jump out and run in. And then he has to figure out what to do with the rest, right? Like we don't say, oh honey, look, it's raining. Let's park in the last spot and let's dance all the way to the door. Like nobody ever says that. Like we don't look at downpours as pleasant, they make our mascara run, and they make my new shoes wet. Like, I don't wait for a downpour to go outside and see if the leather's going to hold up. That's not what I do. And so I started asking God, like, what are you trying to say to me? Because, you know, sometimes you just learn something and you do something, and then the Holy Spirit tries to open your eyes to it in a different way. And I, it was kind of one of those moments where I thought, God has something new that he wants to teach me. And what he started, I felt like what he started to show me was that like a downpour is a real thing. Like it's, it's intense and it's heavy. And I, I Googled and I asked Siri what the literal definition of a downpour was. And she told me, in case you're wondering, that it is a heavy, drenching rain. Under that it said it's interruptive. I said, well, that's about right, right there, that word. A downpour is interrupted. It's interruptive. It comes in when it's not invited usually, and it takes up space that you don't want it to have sometimes, and it keeps you from doing things sometimes. But after the downpour has come, what, what is our first reaction? Like when the rain settles and the sun comes back out, we see 5,000 posts of rainbows on Instagram. Everywhere we go, oh, look, there's a double rainbow, and everybody's talking about the beautiful rainbows. And there's this thing that happens as the downpour settles and the sun comes back out and it starts to dry out all of the destruction and the damage or anything that's happened. There's this thing inside of us that speaks of new life. And I just think that maybe it was because we were created to be hopeful in new things. We were created in a way that after the rain comes in and washes away the debris in our lives, we were created to chase after and believe in what we don't see yet. And I think that God has a word for you today because I feel like he told me he did. And I feel like he wants to do a new thing in this room, in this church, in you, in your marriage, in your family, in your relationship with him, in the way that you work, in the way that you talk, in the way that you walk. I feel like he wants to reign all over you. He wants to soak you, to drench you, like to the bone he wants to drench you. But what he wants to do is he wants to do that in order to wash away all of the things that are in the way. Because he wants to wash this up and then he wants to stand you in front of the sun and he wants to birth a new thing in you. He wants to birth a new thing in your relationships. He wants to birth a new thing in your marriage. He wants to birth a new thing in your family life, in your job, in your lunch hour, in what you do with your extra time. He wants to give life to this body in a way that it's never had it. And I was reading in Isaiah 43, it says this. 
This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the armies and the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The reality of this scripture is this, God saying this, do you remember when I parted the waters, right? Do you remember when the chariots were chasing you and you thought, why has God released us only to kill us? And I, I parted the waters and you went through on dry, dry ground. Do you remember that? And then you, do you remember when the enemy followed you in there and I actually made the water close back over top of them, destroying them and giving you the freedom that I promised you? Do you remember how cool that was? I want you to forget it. Forget it, because if you only ever live in that place, you're going to miss out on what I'm about to do. What I'm about to do pales in comparison to that. And if you will follow me into the unknown, I promise to blow your mind. But see, there's the thing about the new thing. When we step into the new thing, we can't take the old thing with us. And so for a lot of us, that's where the buck stops, right? Because the old thing is, is how we know God. It's how we know worship. It's how we know him. It's how we know ourselves. It's how we know our marriages. There's, there's this comfort in the old thing. And there's this sense of I don't know in the new thing. About two years ago, we took our kids to Disney World. And uh, I say this all the time. I'll never do that again. But somehow I end up doing it again. Uh, we had bought this package where you get to go to two parks and one like water park. And so we were at the water park that day, and we were making our rounds at all the slides, and then we come upon the uh, shark tank. I don't know if you've been there, and you can get your little uh, gear and swim with the sharks, because isn't that what everybody wants to do when they take their kids to Disney World, is put them in a tank with sharks? And uh, so I thought, well, we're just going to walk on past that one, right? Because I'm not doing that. And uh, my kids saw it, and they thought it was just the best thing ever. And so we had to get in line and get these snorkels. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'd not even like to get in the ocean. I'm like, it's cold and there's sharks and I can see them and they're swimming around. And like, I don't, ha I don't want to do this at all. But my kids want to do it. And so I'm in line and I'm, hey, don't you want your dad to do this? Like, I'll go up there and take pictures. That way we can, don't miss a moment, right? But my kids are like clinging to my arms like, no, we got to do this. We got to do this. And so we get all the way up to the front and then there's like this little instruction that they have to give you and you kind of step into the pool while they give you the instruction before you go off into the deep end, right? And so we're standing in the pool and I'm watching and Ella is just like starting to like realize that this is dumb <laughs> and that people don't swim with sharks for a reason. And uh, so she looks at me and she's like, I am not doing this. I'm like, there is a Jesus. Like, okay, let's not do it. And she's like, Mom, this water's freezing. I'm not swimming with those sharks. I don't even know how to use this thing. Like, what, what, they, I, I, can't, I can't stop. I have to swim all the way across. I'm like, you don't have to do this. Really, you don't. We can go up there and take pictures of your dad and Addie. It'll be great. And so she's like, I'm getting out. And Dave's trying to talk her into staying. And I'm just like, listen, there's 100 people watching us. We do the walk of shame. Like, just let me walk it quickly, Okay. And so we get out and we walk, you know, back through the line. Like everyone's like, oh, there's, there's the people that chickened out. And so we get up on the bridge and Dave and Addie, they're in the water getting the rest of their instructions. And they get ready to take off into this shark tank and Adeline just freezes. And she's only like five at the time. And she just, I mean, I just see her face just went white, as pale as can be. And I'm like, there's no way she's getting in that water. And I'm thinking, God, that it's Dave and not me. And so she's just like, Daddy, I can't do it. And I can, I can hear them. He's like, yes, you can. You can do it. Get in the water. And she's like, I can't do it. And she starts crying. And he looks at, up at me like, save us. And I'm like, no. And they get out of the water and they come up. They follow me to the walk of shame. And Adeline is just like, she's just distraught. And I'm like, what's the matter, baby? It's no big deal. Like, we'll just go do something else. And she's like, but mom, I really want to swim with the sharks. I'm like, Why? She's like, I really want to. I know that I'll love it. I know it's going to be fun. I'm just really scared. I don't know how to do it. I, just, I think I want to try again. And I'm like, 
okay, okay. And at this point in time, mind you, like the Lord is speaking to me because we're in this, we're in this place in life, literally. Like we are literally standing in front of a shark tank and, and on, in the safe zone. And God is calling us out into this adventure and we're terrified and we're giving him all the same excuses. And so the Lord is talking to me and I'm like, I get down, I'm like, okay, if you want to do it, let's do it. So we go get in line because she wanted me to do it with her. And uh, so we get our snorkels, we wait in the line, we get to the front, we get in the water, and she's like, I can't do it. I'm like, really? Why can't you do it? Like, you can hold on to me. I'll go with you. I won't leave your side. It's going to be great. Like, we're going to get to the other side. You're going to be so glad you did it, Adeline. Like, hundreds of thousands of people swim through this tank every day. I promise they don't get eaten. Like, I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to her. And she's like, I just can't, Mom. And she's just shaking. And so I'm like, okay. Like, you don't have to do this. Like, you don't have to do this. No one says you have to do this. I'm not going to make you do it, but I know that you'll like it if you do it. And she's like, I just can't. And she gets out, and she's so defeated. And she walks back up, and she's just got little tears in her eyes. And I get down really close to her, and I'm like, listen, like, here's the deal. You're going to be so glad you did it. Like, it's going to be so fun, and we're going to get out, and we're going to dry off, and we're going to call your mammal, and we're going to freak her the heck out. We're going to tell her you just swim with the sharks, and we're going to jump up and down, and we're going to go make daddy buy us some blue ice cream, and like, you're going to be so glad you did it, but at the end of the day, you don't have to do it. Like, you don't have to do it. We'll come back a couple of years from now, and if you feel like doing it then, you can do it then, and she's like, okay. I'm like, let's just go. Let's walk around the park for a little bit, and let's see what happens. And we start to walk away, and she grabs me by the arm, and she's like, no, I want to do it. I want to do it because I know when I get to the other side, I'll be so glad I did it. And I thought, all right, like now it's game on, right? Like my adrenaline is pumping, and like those sharks, are they don't even know what's coming at them. And so we get in the water, and I'm like, you just hold on to my arm, okay? You hold on to my arm. We're going to swim out there, and we'll get to the other side. And she's got my arm as tight as can be, and we swim out there. And I never really swam with a snorkel before, so my first, like, inch, I take in a whole bunch of water. And, like, I'm struggling, trying to breathe and coughing, and there's water all over. And she's just got her little head down. She's swimming with the sharks. And we get to the other side, and I'm so excited for her. I'm like, Adeline, you did it. You swam with the sharks, baby. Like, you did the whole thing. And I'm so excited. And she looks at me. She's like, Mom. I forgot to look because I was so scared. I'm like, what? She's like, I closed my eyes and now we're at the other side and I didn't even see them. I'm like, oh, go tell your dad. And so she went and got Dave. They got back in line. They swam with the sharks. And this time I'm up on the bridge so I can see everything and I can watch her. And this time she's confident. Right, like she knows, like she was created to do this. And she looks around, her head's moving in the water, she lets go of Dave's arm. At one point in time, she's like so far away, I'm yelling, Dave, you're not close enough. And she's just looking all over the place. And like what, she did this beeline that first time, but that second time through, she saw everything underneath there. And she got to the other side and we just celebrated as a family. And we took a picture and we, we sent it to Mamaw and we said, Addie just swam with the sharks. And uh, we were so excited. And what the Lord said to me was like, I'm not inviting you into something that on the other side you're going to regret. It might look scary and it might seem intense to let go of the way that you've always thought worship looked. But if God is calling you into the downpour as a church, as a person, as a family, no matter what fear you have of the unknown, on the other side, you're not going to get to the other side and say, Man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Man, that really disappointed. Because that's not what he does. He's always working, ever-changing, always growing, always moving, constantly redeeming, always restoring, always rebuilding, completely renewing everything. And if we stay on one page all of our lives, we only ever miss out on everything he has for us. And here's what I think he wants you to know as a church and as, as individuals and as families. You know worship. You do. You come here because you know that you were created for this. You enjoy it and you stop in and you sing it and you do it. But what he wants to do is change that even still. He wants to renew it. He wants to remake it. He wants to reshape it. He wants transformation in your worship. 
You're going to come for the next four weeks and maybe get a lot of instructions on what it looks like, on how to do it, how not to do it, where to go, how to go. And all of that's going to be great. But if you only ever apply it to the you on this side, you're only ever going to hear it the way that you've always heard it. But I just wonder if as a church and as an individual, you step into the water, you stand out in the rain and you say, God, wash everything away. Wash everything away that was because I want you to show me what is and what will be. I want 2016 to be the year that we learn to worship in a way that we've never worshiped before. I want to get into the water because I know in 2017 I will not look back and say, man, I wish I would have walked across on the bridge. I know and I trust There's a passage in Philippians, and it's Paul, and he says this, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Here's the deal. By the time Paul wrote Philippians, he already knew Christ. There's no way he would have suffered persecution after persecution, landed in prison, and still wrote books of the Bible telling us to follow Jesus with everything. You don't do that about someone you don't know, but yet he still knows that there's a whole nother level that he's going to have to understand him in order to go where God is asking him to go and to do what God is asking him to do. He knows that he's going to have to know him. Know him, know him. It's like I used to hang out with high schoolers all the time, and there's a total difference in do you want to eat or do you want to eat, eat. Because like if we just want to eat, we're going to go to Taco Bell. But, like, if we want to eat, eat, we're going to go to Chipotle. And, like, if they're sitting in my office, they would be like, well, do you like him or do you like him like him? Like, that's two totally different things, right? Like, if you like him, then, okay, you might, like, let him follow you on Instagram. But if you like him like him, you know every picture that he's posted for the last 10 minutes and can tell anybody about it. Like, there's two totally different things. And I just wonder if you know Jesus Or if you get to know him, know him. And the thing with the Father and the fact that he's always working and always moving and always changing is that you just get to keep adding levels to that know. I know him. I know him, know him. I know him, know him, know him. I know him, know him, know him, know him. It's like a good marriage. Through everything that you go through when you try to live with somebody, it only ever grows deeper and deeper and deeper. There's actually a word for it. In the Hebrew, it's called yada. Anybody ever watch that Seinfeld episode? Like yada, yada. So uh, this, that will really help you remember this. So anytime you want to remember what it means to know Jesus, just think of Seinfeld, right? I bet no one's ever told you to do that before. So for this instance, you can do that. Now, I don't know what else, but for this one, you can. The Hebrew word for know is yada, and it actually means to come to know, to clearly understand. In some cases, it means to cohabitate, to intimately know, to have marital relations. It's knowing at its finest. In Genesis, it says, in Genesis 4, it says, Adam knew Eve. But if you read it in Hebrew, it says, Adam yadded Eve. That takes it to a whole nother level. Like, he didn't just know her. He knew her, knew her. He knew what she felt like. He knew what she sounded like. He knew what she was afraid of. He knew what she loved. He knew where she would be when no one else could find her, uh, which was all the time because there was no one else there. He knew everything about her. We were created to yada the Father, okay? It's that kind of relationship, the one that only gets deeper every single day, every single year. Every single year you should look back and say, it only got better. No matter what happens, no matter what comes at you, you should look back at the end of the year and think, oh my gosh, I know him in a totally different way. Because yada only gets deeper and it only grows more and more every single year. It says in John 8, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You shall yada the truth. It's not just knowing of Jesus that gives you freedom in your life. It's knowing Jesus that gives you freedom. You want to worship? Know him. Come to know who he is. There's a story I'm going to tell you really quickly of the woman at the well. You probably all know this. In John chapter 4, she comes and she goes to the well in the middle of the day because she doesn't want to see anybody. And she goes 
does her business and gets home as quickly as possible because she wants to avoid everybody. But this particular day, Jesus was waiting for her at the well in the middle of the day by himself. Now, as she came to the well, she did everything she could do to avoid eye contact with this man. But as she looked at him, he offered her water that would change her entire life. And over the course of the next five weeks, because I'm not going to be here with you, I, I would encourage you to go to that story and spend time in there because there's this shift that happens as she stands in front of Jesus. As she stands in front of Jesus, she comes in him, into him at, as a side hug. She just barely wants to open herself to him. He says, if you only knew who I was. And she said, if you knew who I was, you wouldn't even be talking to me. And he just thinks that doesn't even matter. That doesn't even matter because who you are doesn't matter. All that matters is who I am. And she says, well, even if I wanted the water that you're going to offer, how would you even get it for me? And she just throws a bunch of excuses. You don't have a pail. You can't, the well's too deep. It's so like us. When he comes to us and he says, come stand in the rain with me. Let me interrupt your life for a minute. And we say, no, 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 I can't do that. Look at my job. Look at my expectations. Look at what the responsibility I have. I don't have time to stand in the rain with you, Jesus. And then when he says, it's not about you. I don't care about your job or your expectations. I want you to be with me. Then we say, well, how are you even going to fix this? What are you even going to do? If I just let go of all of this and step out here in the rain and just stand with you, well, how are you even going to do anything with that if I bring nothing? And he just keeps saying to her, it, it's about me. He keeps bringing her back and bringing her back. And there's this thing that happens as she spends an extended period of time in his presence. She begins to turn toward him. It's actually the longest recorded conversation between Jesus and anybody in the entire Bible. Never before had Jesus ever stood alone and had a conversation with anyone for this amount of time. And she came up to the well that morning, that afternoon, and she faced him sideways because she wanted to leave herself open to everything else. She wanted to be defined by her circumstances. She wanted to stay where she knew who she was, even though she didn't like who she was. It was more comfortable than going where she didn't know who she was. But as she stood in the rain and in the presence of the Savior, she slowly began to make this turn. By the time their conversation ended... She became the first person that Jesus ever publicly declared himself the Messiah to. No, never before in any public place had Jesus ever told someone so forthrightly that he was the Messiah. But here's this woman that was willing to send and spend an extended period of time in his presence. And because of that, he was able to do a work that had never been done in her life before, and she was able to turn and totally face him. You know, Jesus doesn't do side hugs. I grew up with middle school ministry. That's what I did, middle school boys. There's two kinds of middle school boys. Um, there's those that ate the Axe spray can for breakfast, and then there's those that have never heard of it. And so either one is a bit much. And when they're playing basketball before church, like, they're sweaty. And so, like, it's just kind of gross. But, like, they love me. And, like, I'm about to tell them about Jesus, so I can't, like, deny their hug. And so they don't know boundaries either. Uh, they just want to, they just come all in. Like, oh, love, it's the best day ever. And I've really got, I've, I'll teach you this. This is free. This is how you side hug. Here they come. And you just, oh, it's so good to see you. Yeah, let's go in. Let's go have church. And just walk away. Do it every time. They never know the difference. But you know that for most of my life, I've tried to side hug Jesus. He comes with everything, arms stretched wide open, ready to embrace me, ready to take me into the new thing, ready to teach me, to change me, to show me, to move me. And I tried to take him at a side hug. Do you know why? Because I don't know him enough to turn my back on everything else. Face to face with Jesus, back to the rest of this world, you will learn to worship in a way that you've never worshiped before. I'm going to call, um, the praise band is going to come up, but I want to share something with you that I wrote down. I really felt like God gave me a word for you, and I felt that so much so that I actually wrote it down because I don't usually do that, or when I write it down, I don't ever say what I write down, but I wanted to be sure to say this because I know that God gave this to me for you. And I know that it's not an accident that you're starting off 2016 doing a series on worship. I know it's not an accident that some of you have been standing inside the window and the rain has been calling you out. 
I know you've heard him. I know you know that he's there. I know you know that you need a fresh perspective that you need God to do a new thing, that 2016 has to look different for you. It can't look like 2015. I know that you know that you need to know him more deeply than you've ever known him before if you're going to conquer the land that's in front of you. If it's really going to take root and stick, I know that you know you were created to do this. And so here's what I feel like God had said to me. I believe that he has a new page for you with all of my heart, for you as an individual, for you as a family, for you as a church. It's a page like no other. On this page, you will find new life for struggling families. This page will bring a flood in this building that will actually put you on the streets praising Jesus in your homes, in your neighborhoods, in places that you've never been before. Your ordinary, everyday lives are going to be consumed with him, his glory, his message, his hope, his redemption. Your conversations are about to change. Your car rides are also going to change. Your lunch hours are going to be different. You are going to be infected with worship. Unable to stop singing his praises, people will run to meet this Jesus that you can't stop talking about. This love that has you talking like a crazy person. Prodigals will come home because the spirit is going to be released in this church in a new way. He has buckets waiting to pour over you. But it's about your willingness to step into the rain and spend an extended period of time getting drenched by him. Will you put everything aside? Will you make time every day? Will you read your Bible like you've never read it before? Will you worship every chance you get the opportunity? Will you sing, 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 even if you can't carry a tune? Every song in your car, will it be worship music? And will you sing it at the top of your lungs like you've never sang before? Will you chase him harder than you chase anything you've ever chased? Will you get up early to talk to him? Will you get up in the middle of to see why he's waking you up? Will you gather your family and say, as a family, let's just give it a try. As a family, let's just step into this and see if God doesn't blow our minds. Will you commit to stand in the pouring rain and get yourself drenched by Jesus for these next five weeks? Because I just happen to believe that if for the next five weeks everything else goes on hold except for pursuing Jesus with everything you know you have, I just happen to believe you will never go back to who you used to be. I just happen to believe that he will meet you every day. He will meet you every hour. He will meet you every car ride. And what he awakens inside of you will never be silenced again. He has a thing he wants to do in you. Because on the other side of this, what he does through you is going to change the world. It's going to change your family. It's going to change your workplace. It's going to change your kids. It's going to change every relationship you have. But you don't get there until you step into the rain and let him soak you like crazy. Don't run for cover. Don't run for cover. Let him wash everything away and let it just be you and him face to face, no one else. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. So much, Lord, that you think we even deserve an invitation into the rain. Father, I thank you for the new thing. I thank you that you are the redeemer, you are the restorer, that you add life to everything. And I pray right now for the buckets of rain that are standing above us. I pray, Spirit, that you will just let it flow that you will just soak us right now in this room. Father, that people leave this room dripping wet with more of you. Will you increase the desire in their hearts to know you like they've never known you before? Father, I pray that they can't not think about you, that they go after you with everything. Father, will you just give us strength to do what we've always wanted to do but never believed it was actually possible? Will you increase the level of faith in this room. Will you sit on our unbelief? Will you help us to know that you are the redeemer of all things broken and nothing is out of reach? Nothing is off the table. It doesn't matter who we are, where we've been, what we've done, what we've done or what 2015 looked like. It starts today afresh. 
And I pray that you pour the water over these people in this room right now, that you pour your water over me and that you wash off anything that you don't want because where we're going, there is not room for anything that defines us other than you. Will you face us to your face? Will you lock our eyes in yours? And will you go to work, Holy Spirit? Will you go after the truth? And will you release a new, a new worship in us? A new worship, Jesus, that's what we're after. We love you and we need you. It's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. I invite you to stand as you're able. let's sing these prayers together whether you sing it loud or maybe just say these words quietly out loud let this be our prayer together there's nothing worth more that will ever come close no thing can compare you're our living hope Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. In your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. There's nothing worth more. There's nothing worth more than will ever come close. No thing can compare, you're our living hope, your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free. Shame is undone in your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Lord. Let us become, let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us be 
become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Listen to these words from Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve of what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's sing together. You are the way, the truth, the life. Fill us, set our hearts on fire. We want to be your hands and feet. Deliver us from apathy. You are the way, the truth, the life. Fill us, set our hearts on fire. We want to be your hands and feet. Send us out, God, send us out. We offer up. We've gathered here a truly wretched life of hypocrites and frauds hungry for your grace we've gathered here together singing songs that remind us when we're weak you make us strong don't let us leave unchanged you are the way the truth Fill us, set our hearts on fire. We want to be your hands and feet. Deliver us from apathy. You are the way, the truth, the life. Fill us, set our hearts on fire. We want to be your hands and feet. Send us out, God. Send us out. Send us out. Send us out, God, send us out. Send us out, God, send us out. We offer up all we are. We offer up all we are. A living sacrifice to please you, God. We won't conform or be sucked in by this me-first world in which we live. We'll love the ones the world ignores. Love them all Cause you loved us first You are the way Let's sing together church 
You are the way, the truth, the life. Fill us, set our hearts on fire. We want to be your hands and feet. Deliver us from apathy. You are the way, the truth, the life. Fill us, set our hearts on fire. We want to be your hands and feet. Send us out, God, send us out. Send us out. Send us out, God, send us out. Send us out, God, send us out. Send us out, God, send us out. Kristen, as she uh, talked to us today, she was talking about, remember the junior high side hug versus full on well Jesus is today and over the last or over the next few weeks I think he's going to come into this space and you have the opportunity he's got both hands out wanting to just fully embrace us want to give us a downpour kind of experience with him and so as you go out just want to leave you a thought what's it going to be are you going to go out just have both arms out or are you going to choose to give God a little Give Jesus a little side hug. Or I don't know if you've ever hugged somebody that they don't really want to hug you. But they'll like, let, like a kid sometimes, like, I'm not going to hug you goodnight, but I'll let you hug me. And you, they kind of stand there and let you hug them. So maybe that's what you want to do to God. Um, and, may, and that's okay. It really is okay. We want this to be a place where you can come. And maybe you're a little defiant at the moment. Maybe you don't understand what God's doing in your life. Or maybe you don't even know for sure there is a God. But you're willing to let God hug you over the next few weeks and to teach you what it looks like for him to really pour himself out in your life. And that's okay. We want this to be a space that you can do that. But whatever it is today, I want to invite you to be open to what God wants to do. God, God, we just want to embrace you. Some of us want to give you a side hug still. Some of us want to just stand there, and that's okay. But God, today, I just pray that you would begin to just pour yourself out on us. God, thank you for a great message. Thank you for a great word that is so encouraging to us. God, help us, God, to yada, yada, yada you, to know, to know, to know you. That's what we want. Thank you, Father. And as we go from here, help us to begin to live lives of worship. And I pray, Father, you just pour your spirit out. Whether we're on a, in front of an internet campus or a, a, a screen somewhere, whether we're in this room, God, pour your spirit out over the next five weeks. Do something awesome in our church. We love you. We thank you. We look forward to what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're new here, please see our, uh, our, uh, uh, the people with lanyards on as you go. And if you'd like to pick up one of Christmas books, you can do that as you leave today. Lord bless you, and we'll see you in the next five weeks.